0: Lock Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio.
1: Good afternoon slash evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts. And we are going to be doing an interview with Richard Gage um, here in the next couple of minutes. He had to go and get his Skype hooked up. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. I appreciate you guys listening to the broadcast. This should be a very informative interview. And what I'm going to do is I will go ahead and read his, uh, his lengthy bio. <clears throat> so for those of you who don't know who Richard Gage is... Um, Richard Gage is or I guess he's Richard Gage AIA is a um, San Francisco Bay architect and member of the American Institute of Architects he is the founding member of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth he is an architect for over 25 years and has worked on most types of buildings, constructions including numerous fireproof steel frame buildings mostly He worked on the construction documents for more than around 400 million mixed use urban projects with about 1.2 million square feet of retail, parking structure, and 3,200, or excuse me, 320,000 square feet of a mid rise office space. Altogether, about one um, in a little bit. Um, Richard Gage became most interested in researching the destruction of World Trade Center, um, the World Trade Center high rises, after hearing the startling conclusions and the reluctant 9/11 researcher um, David Ray Griffin on the radio in 2006. He launched his own underlying question of the truth and of 9/11. 9/11 Truth. Hold on, I have to add him to the group call. Looks like we've got him now. And then I'll continue with his bio here in a second. Richard, do we have you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just finishing up your bio. So um <laughs> sure you've heard this a couple of times. Richard has become uh, interested in – I'll start over. Richard's has become interested in researching the destruction of WTC high-rises after hearing the startling conclusions of the re- reluctant – 9/11 researcher David Ray Griffin on the radio in 2006, when he launched his own underyielding quest for the truth in of the 9/11 tragedy. 9/11 Truth now numbers more than 1,700 architects and engineers demanding a new investigation into the destruction of all three, three that is. World Trade Center high-rise buildings on 9-11. And as you guys heard, please welcome to the show Richard Gage, AIA. How are we doing, Richard? Doing really good, Jake.
0: Thank you. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Hey, it was an absolute pleasure getting to shake hands with you. I followed your work for a long time. And um, I guess the, the best way for us to start on this journey together and what you've come to see in your research over the years is let's start out with the 9-11 event altogether, and we'll start with the the Twin Towers. So I know you've given multiple studies, so I'm just going to give you the floor, and if you can just walk us through the events, and then we'll kind of go and, you know, piece by piece, try to put together what the official story says and then what your research has shown.
0: Indeed. Um, The Twin Towers... uh have a uh an incredible amount of emotional uh trauma for most Americans and we all think we know what happened there the the government has told us that the jet planes hit the towers and large explosion of jet fuel and, and uh fires started and a weakening of the structural steel and a gravitational collapse ensued uh, most most Americans believe that because, because, because they haven't been exposed to the evidence. So what I like to do is expose Americans to something that most know absolutely nothing about and nobody is really traumatized over. Um, and that is World Trade Center Building 7, the third worst structural failure in modern history. And this is a... 47-story skyscraper that collapses in the afternoon of 9/11 about 7 hours after the twin towers collapsed mm-hmm. or were destroyed. And and it's really important to start with building 7 because it is so clearly and so obviously a controlled demolition everybody gets it. All they have to do is look at it side by side which we have on our website you can see building 7 coming down at uh, uh ae911truth.org ae911truth.org and it's it's it starts suddenly symmetrically and f- collapses straight down almost into its footprint just about mm-hmm. and so this is what typical controlled demolitions do. They they do that because they're designed to uh, minimize damage to adjacent buildings mm-hmm. and to break up the structure completely into its component parts so it's ready for broke loading and shipment. Mm-hmm. And so this is a feat, really, that only a handful of companies can accomplish. And uh, what we're told, though, is that fire, <clears throat> normal office fires, mm-hmm. brought this building down in the manner that it came. And there were only a few scattered fires that were actually fairly small Mm -hmm. in this building. And we document those on our website, too, and in our DVD, Mm -hmm. which is called 9-11 Explosive Evidence Experts Speak Out. Mm -hmm. This uh, is now become the the most watched and most shared video, in fact, uh, in September on PBS.org as a result of it being aired on Colorado Public Television. I remember that. <clears throat> oh, it's awesome! And there, mm-hmm. what's really cool is that there are over almost a hundred stations now that are interested in airing it in September. Wow! So we're working through a vetting process. At least six stations will be airing it in September, with or without that third-party vetting mm-hmm. uh, process. So in this documentary, it starts with World Trade Center 7 for the reasons I just highlighted, because people uh, are open after they see this building coming down in six and a half seconds.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they're open to realizing, well, you mean they lied to us about that building? They told us that fire can't do that to a building. Fire can't remove <laughs> the all 80 columns on each of at least eight floors that would be required to bring this building down symmetrically and at free fall acceleration. Free mm-hmm. fall acceleration means no resistance. Right. Not one of those columns gave any resistance, and this is acknowledged actually by NIST, the free fall of this building for uh, at least 100 feet wow. of its descent. And that means... And then they stated this. Uh, that would mean there'd be no structure under it. Uh, so they do not acknowledge the implications of this, these facts, uh, which are that all those columns had to have been removed virtually simultaneously on each floor for at least eight floors. And that can only be done, my friends, by explosives. Right. <laughs> so that's where they don't go. In fact, they said there's no evidence found for explosives at the World Trade Center. Later they acknowledged that they never looked for it. <laughs> How can you find what you're not looking for? <laughs> now, there's e there's more. I mean, really, this is just the beginning even of mm-hmm. World Trade Center 7 because FEMA did a actually a fairly good job documenting what happened to the two pieces of steel that were somehow miraculously saved from the illegal destruction of evidence that occurred in the two weeks following the collapse of these buildings. Mm-hmm. This steel was sent to China for recycling within, mm. uh, well, I think it was two, three weeks. It's it's all gone. See, mm. theoretically, nobody was trapped in this building or died, so yep. th- that um, that steel could be removed quickly apparently, but this is the Key, This is the third worst structural failure in modern history, Mm -hmm. and yet the key evidence as to what would give uh, the reasons for its failure was illegally shipped to China for recycling. That makes no sense whatsoever. So we've got to get to the bottom of that, and in fact... They did themselves, FEMA, in May of 2002 in their building performance assessment report Mm -hmm. and Appendix C. They actually document what happened to these two pieces of steel. They suffered extreme heat. We're talking about (coughs) temperatures exceeding uh, two to three times what fires are even capable of. Mm -hmm. Uh, Melting of steel girders looking like Swiss cheese. Hmm. Evaporation of the ends of the steel beams. And hot sulfur corrosion attack. Well, and 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 molten iron invading the steel. Well, molten iron is a byproduct of thermite.
1: Mm-hmm. Thermite
0: is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel mm-hmm. like a hot knife through butter. Mm-hmm. So it it's it should obviously be looked at as uh, among the top uh, of the uh, list of possible hypotheses by NIST, and yet they didn't even examine uh, the use of of incendiaries or explosives, even though the building looks exactly like a controlled demolition, and even though no high-rise fire has ever brought down a steel frame skyscraper, or any skyscraper for Mm -hmm. that matter, even though there's been like almost a hundred, very hot large right. and long-lasting fires in these buildings.
1: Yeah, they've burned for weeks. They've burned for weeks at a time and it's and it's never never collapsed from a structural, you know, structural fire.
0: And no plane hit this building, so they don't have the kind of the convenient excuse mm-hmm. that that they use in the Twin Towers destruction where the, they say the plane uh impact and uh, knocked the fireproofing off of these uh uh structural elements. We don't have that in World Trade Center 7. So that's another reason we like to start there, because Mm -hmm. we have removed all of the logical lies uh, that are used uh, by NIST and other supporters of the official story in Building 7. Uh, It is very clearly uh, controlled demolition and the evidence found by FEMA themselves Mm -hmm. in the pieces of steel that they did save, as well as Evidence of foreknowledge of this building's destruction. The BBC announced the collapse (laughs) of this building 20 minutes before it actually happened. Yeah, Uh, They apologized for that grievous error, citing Mm -hmm. the confusing events of the day. Uh, (laughs) That wouldn't make them psychic, though. They actually cite the reason it came down also, due to structural weakening.
1: Yep. And then they had, you had the firefighters at the same time that were on the street, and this is caught on film as well, saying, get back. They're going to bring it down. They're going to bring the building down because of the fires.
0: Yeah, these are construction workers that, that are saying this. The building is going to blow up, flame and debris coming down. This is in the afternoon of 9-11. Mm-hmm. And these mysterious construction workers are walking away from Building 7 and hear this massive explosion.
1: Mm-hmm. Look,
0: look behind them at the building and say, do you hear that? Uh, that building's coming down.
1: Yep, they're gonna bring it down. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> crazy. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's crazy stuff. So, um, so that we've got we've covered a little bit here, and we covered the destruction of the evidence. Is there any foreknowledge other than the people you know on the streets, you know, saying that they're gonna bring it down? Is that is that pretty much all we have? That and the BBC. So, excuse me when I say is that all that we have? You know, a a nationally syndicated you know news outlet saying that. Oh yes, we have just been informed that Building Seven has collapsed, and if you look over her left shoulder, you can actually see, you know, WTC Seven sitting there. So, I mean, that's obviously the smoking gun of this whole investigation. And um, do do you uh, do we have anything else to tie up for WTC Seven, and or, or can we move on to the to the big um, to the big show? I guess it was for for the populace, and that was the the destruction of the twin towers.
0: Yeah, just one more thing. Um there the, the C, CNN actually announced uh the collapse of a 50-story building at uh, 1107. They mm-hmm. said a firefighter uh went by and said 50-story building went down. Um mm-hmm. there was no other 50-story building that went down. In fact, there was no other building that was destroyed uh uh in the manner uh, that building 7 was at all. I mean, mm-hmm obviously there were buildings that had lots of damage due to the twin towers uh uh falling but uh so the, the the point is here that had building 7 come down at the time CNN announced it in that that morning sure we might not have any videos of it because it would have been completely obscured by the massive dust clouds uh, right. that were created when the twin towers uh, were destroyed that morning, so some suggest that that was its the intention, and that those construction workers coming out of the building seven uh, were uh, actually fixing it up, mm-hmm. uh, uh, fixing up a dud of, of a controlled demolition. Gosh, and then Great. you
1: had, and, yeah, and then you had actual witnesses. Um, I remember watching um, Alex Jones's documentary. I think it was a Terror Storm, where he actually interviews. No, that was um excuse me I'm 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 conflating evidence here. That was um oh gosh the uh, the 9/11 story the um oh, I cannot remember it right now off the top of my head but um anyway they interview one of the gentlemen that actually worked in WTC 7 and he was in the building when they started catching fire and then he he actually ends up mysteriously um passing away of a heart attack the very next year after he went public about being in the building and seeing the fires and then having somebody escort him out saying that you need to get out of here. This building is going to collapse. And I cannot remember what story that was.
0: Well, Barry Jennings uh, worked for the mayor on the 23rd floor. He was in the housing department. Uh, he, it, the building had been evacuated. But there we I, go. I guess he didn't get the the word. So mm-hmm. he's uh, crawling. He's trying to, he's trying to get into the building uh, and Uh, he he realized it's been evacuated so as he and Michael Hess, the attorney for Giuliani, were on their way out there were explosions that they experienced inside the building Uh, this was after the destruction of the Twin Towers Mm -hmm. uh, clearly and so uh, they're citing all this evidence of explosions and uh, he was pretty adamant that he wasn't going to change his story Mm -hmm. Uh, and in fact the, the final report came out for building 7 and and he died the the day before
1: actually uh, oh. very
0: mysteriously
1: oh man okay so on that somber note let's move to the actual towers themselves so the official narrative says that um a bunch of guys with box cutters mostly from Saudi Arabia hijacked an airliner um flew into both of the world trade towers And we have the magic passports and all that stuff, so that we know who the pilot was because we found his passport in the rubble. But um, let's talk about the official story and what we are told. And you have witnesses to the explosions, the whole nine. And then let's—I guess—we can start from impact and and go from there.
0: Okay. So uh, even NIST acknowledges that the jet fuel um, is uh, burned up in the first ten minutes and 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 outside the building, uh, 90% of it. Um, so we're not talking about massive fires uh, that are responding to jet fuel. Jet fuel is just a hydrocarbon. It doesn't burn anyway, any hotter than desks or chairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we have normal office fires in these buildings, and we have damaged columns from the airplanes. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they, they last anywhere from 56 minutes to uh Uh, an hour and a half um, Mm. in the case of the North Tower. Um, What happens is uh, very interesting. Uh, we, We have 118 firefighters on record, oral testimony taken by the fire commissioner. And this testimony was held secret until August of 2005, when the court finally forced the, city to turn over the, this testimony. Mm-hmm. And we find then that 118 of these firefighters are uh, describing all of these uh, eyewitness testimony of of explosions and seeing flashes of light, mm-hmm. uh, bombs going off in and around uh, throughout the building actually, but uh, substantially at the initiation of the collapse of of each of these buildings all these explosions we have dozens of witnesses on our dvd which is, again is 911 explosive evidence experts speak out that can be seen on our website and uh it's extraordinary there i mean they're not describing uh, a building uh collapsing they're they're talking about pops like firecrackers like a synchronized deliberate kind of thing right on and on and on they they talk about this and in fact you can see that uh in the case of the north tower we're told that this upper 12 story section drives the rest of the building down to the ground but we can see very clearly that that's not the case because it itself is being destroyed in the first 4 seconds there's nothing left of it to drive anything down mm-hmm. to the ground okay uh, So uh, it's like a miniature controlled demolition, like Building 7. Mm -hmm. Uh, After that, um, what we see is a massive series of explosions, like the firemen described, uh, hurling laterally these four-ton perimeter wall units at 60 miles an hour laterally um, and landing 600 feet away, many of them. Uh, So this takes an incredible amount of force. That is not available in a gravitational collapse. This this lateral ejection. I mean, this is the energy required to send a 200-pound cannonball three miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and there's tons. Uh, uh, well, there's thousands of these of these heavy steel structural sections that that that's happening to. Plus, they're freely flying. These are not a. This is not like a the skin of this building. kind of coming apart and and just landing laterally. These are freely flying uh, objects, and they're trailed by pyroclastic-like clouds, streamers, following them, indicating that the ends of these uh, structural steel sections have been uh, cut and are still burning, and that cloud of smoke is following these. This is very clearly visible in all of the videos. mm mm-hmm. Well, underneath uh, this uh, series of violent activities are isolated explosive ejections, which the demolition industry calls squibs, right. which are clocked at 160 to 200 feet per second. They're in an engineered kind of a, a pattern. At least they're not half-hazard. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're highly focused. I mean, any we're told that these are ejections of air from the piston of this giant mass driving down the rest <laughs> of the building. Mm-hmm. But it's not even available, as we talked about already. And even if it were, that air, it, once it got into the office space, would blow out all the windows mm-hmm. around on that particular floor, not just these pinpoint-accurate violent ejections that occur um, in what, what can really be referred to as an, an engineered pattern of some kind. So that bears looking at uh, – th- This this evidence is – really quite extraordinary, particularly what happens to the concrete. There's 90,000 tons of concrete in these buildings, and it's missing down at the ground. I mean, 110 floors uh, we'd expect to be stacked up and mangled, certainly down at the bottom of the ground, each of them an acre in size. Right. So we're talking 110 acres in each of these piles we should see, but there's only a two-story pile. And it's of core columns, perimeter columns, et cetera. Mm -hmm. There's no fluted metal decking uh, that was used to support this concrete when it's poured in wet. And it's gone. It's like pulverized. Uh, There's small metal filings in the World Trade Center dust. I've seen them myself. They come up to the magnet. Something has uh, done an incredible job of pulverizing not only 220 acres of metal decking, But 10,000 file cabinets, steel file cabinets, that are missing in the debris pile below. Something has really uh, 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 been uh, responsible for an extremely fine uh, degree of pulverization of all of these uh, office contents and people, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we have only 300 whole bodies found. Uh, There's 1,147 people completely missing, not even a piece small enough to fit into a test tube. And they found 6,000 of those pieces of people uh, small enough to fit into a a test tube. And we have uh, one person blown into 200 pieces. And these pieces of people are also distributed as far out as 600 feet from the World Trade Center. Uh, complete in fact 700 bone fragments a half an inch long are found on top of the skyscraper across the street from the south tower and
1: so, they couldn't have, uh-huh uh, so there's no real explanation for that because if if you're if you're looking at something that's a complete collapse like the official narrative is i mean just look at what happened last week everybody you know over in um Indonesia where they had the uh, the sweatshop collapse and it was like Richard said, it just looked like a bunch of pancakes stacked on top of each other, and so we have none of that here we have We have no pancaking, we have no iron, we have no concrete. I mean, how much concrete goes into something that's that's a building of that size i would I would think it's an enormous amount, and yet all we have is a bunch of dust.
0: It's ninety thousand tons of concrete in each of these buildings in the floors. And, uh, yeah, they're not uh, found stacked up at the bottom. Uh, they're found uh, strewn, pulverized, river to river, uh, as it's described by the, mayor, the the governor of New York, Pataki. Mm-hmm. Uh, a four-inch thick blanket of very fine dust, 30% of which is composed of this concrete. Um, and and uh, up to 6% in many of these samples is composed of something else that is found by officials, the United States Geological Survey, USGS, Mm -hmm. doing toxicological studies on it, they find small iron microspheres, uh, the diameter of a human hair. Uh, These uh, are are elemental iron, so they're not melted steel. Mm -hmm. Where did 10 tons of iron microspheres come from? Because if you Figure out how much was in one sample, you can guess how much total there might have been and uh this is extraordinary and, and they have the evidence in them uh with aluminum and manganese and carbon and oxygen uh this this is uh, clearly the residue of thermite. the
1: mm-hmm. controlled
0: experiment uh shows just that on our uh, on our documentary film mm-hmm. so uh they have no explanation for where these came from but i mean imagine if you have uh a spray bottle and you spray it in the air you, you're aerosolizing liquid and mm-hmm. it forms itself into spheres that's just what liquid does uh so you have thousands and thousands of spherical shapes almost naked to the to the eye mm-hmm. well that's what you'd have if thermite were laced throughout the columns and beams in these buildings under extreme pressure uh explosive pressure uh, you'd have the aerosolizing of the liquid molten iron byproduct of thermite um uh this incendiary that we've been talking about right and so that would uh then uh disperse and fall with and cool and fall with all the dust throughout uh the the uh, uh Manh- lower manhattan River to river. So that's the only reasonable explanation for all of these spheres. Right. And in fact, there is uh, even more proof of just that.
1: Um, So just continuing a little bit. Now, I heard this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I heard, was was it Nitz that actually changed the melting point of steel, in order to not conflict with the official story of 9/11, because I've heard something to that nature where that one of the one of the um, oversight committees or what have you said that there's no way that steel can melt at a thousand degrees or whatever that jet fuel burns at. I can't remember the exact number. And then they actually went back and said, no, we we, we we think that it could actually melt at around 1,000 degrees. Do you know what I'm talking about, or am I just completely missing the boat here? I don't think...
0: Anybody can change the melting point of steel.
1: <laughs> no, I think that um, they, I, I think that in their documents that they went and changed it, and I'll go and research that for you because yeah, I remember uh, hearing that somewhere. And then it, it was just so they could order – in order to make the narrative a little bit more believable. Now, one thing, Richard, I know we're about out of time here with you, and um, I do appreciate you coming on. I'll have to get you back on again. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you personally was how – how have you been able to escape persecution with challenging official narrative? Are you just so visibly public with this stuff that nobody really comes after you? I don't know if people come after you. I didn't even talk to you about this at all, but do, do people ever, you know, challenge your description of the events? Do they ever come after you physically? Have you ever been threatened or anything like that?
0: No, I haven't, Um uh, hasn't been an issue. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm just an architect who's uh sharing scientific forensic evidence. I don't have any theories that would uh threaten anybody. Um sure. that is to say, I I don't I don't know we don't know who is responsible for this. Obviously Al Qaeda didn't have access to these highly secure buildings. So sure. somebody on the inside must. Um we're not pointing fingers because we we just don't know. Right. We want a real investigation that looks at all this evidence that NIST obviously did not look at, that uses the uh, scientific method to evaluate it, that takes immunity under, uh, to, that offers immunity to witnesses to bring them forth and takes their testimony under oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the kind of uh, that's what we're calling for, and so maybe we're not enough of a threat. I I hope that's the case. <laughs> On the other hand, we we have enough evidence to put somebody away for treason for a long time. Oh, absolutely. So, the, but that evidence is out there it's not exclusively ours we just kind of packaged it
1: yeah and and i and you know cuz that was one of the things that i was you know, i was reading the forums and trying to get you know an idea of what what the public would like to ask you if they had an opportunity to sit down with you and just ask you a few questions it looks like i got a couple of guys here in the chat that are that are writing a question or two, if you guys want to call in with a question for Richard really quick before he 's got to go in three minutes. the call in number is six zero two seven five three nineteen sixteen that's six zero two seven five three nineteen sixteen and Richard, as we wait for people to call in and, and also if we wait for people to type in on the uh, on the chat boards and the message boards. Do you want to go over real quickly what NIST is, so people know what that is, and also, um, you know, what some of the the challenges with that actual in- or that actual organization are currently, as far as getting a real investigation?
0: NIST is the National Institute of Standards and Technology, and they were tasked by the Congress to explain the collapse of these buildings, and they did not do it. They uh, simply took their 20. 20- million-dollar, three-year, 10,000-page report up to the point of initiation of collapse. And then they have a a one-and-a-half-page speculation that says that the building uh, must have collapsed after all we all saw it collapse. They didn't even analyze the capability of the structural steel underneath the uh, point of jet plane impacts to resist uh, the the, 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 the collapse whatsoever. And Mm -hmm. this is ludicrous because that's what structural engineers do, right? Um, and it should have been done. And yet their report is called a uh, Final Report on the Collapse, and there is no technical analysis whatsoever huh. on the actual collapse. That's mar- one of our chief problems. The other problem is that it, it completely avoids all the evidence we just highlighted, and more, which is in our uh, DVD uh, at AE911truth.org, mm-hmm. including the finding of red-gray chips of nanothermite, which are extremely uh, high-tech form of thermite made only in the most sophisticated uh, advanced uh, uh, contracting laboratories from defense contractors. Uh, So we've got to get an investigation that includes the source of these materials. This is in a 25-page peer-reviewed paper, by the way,
1: Mm -hmm. which has not been contested. Hmm. Wow, that's just amazing. It's amazing how many holes are in there, but it's also amazing to me that that people don't – it's it's almost like a um, I, w- I want to call it um, a normalcy bias with people in the fact that they they want to believe that the establishment wouldn't lie to them, and they want to believe that that you know you and I both know that the official story is a fable, and we just and you're you're someone like myself that just I just want I want a legitimate investigation. I want some of these questions answered, and I don't want it answered in some haphazard book you know, that comes out years later saying, oh, well, we're going to debunk all the conspiracies, which anybody that knows anything, debunking doesn't mean that you've proved it factually inaccurate. It just means that you have basically circumvented that portion of the argument. You haven't proven the point either way. You've just kind of discredited that that uh, analysis. But um, Richard, I appreciate you so much for coming on. We, I got to get you on for a little bit longer next time and we'll get you some calls up and, and get you some really good questions out there. And um, once again, thank you for your time, Richard Gage, AIA, everyone. And Richard, one more time, if people want to get in touch with you, if people want the information, want the DVD, um, give them the avenues again. I know you've given it a couple of times through the interview, but let's go ahead and give it in a concise manner. So everybody can go there Get the information out and and really start calling for, you know, a, an overhaul of that investigation that that the majority of people that have looked at the evidence think that is just um, just not thoroughly done and it needs to be at least revisited.
0: Right on. The, w- the website is a e nine one one truth dot org. Stands for Architects and Engineers for nine eleven Truth. A e nine one one truth dot org.
1: Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you, Richard, for your time. We really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for me. This um, this show, it was a brief show. We we're just going to get Richard on here and um, give his once-over on the 9-11, quote-unquote, conspiracy, which is um, – it's not really conspiracy at all. It, it is the fact that there are a lot of questions that are unanswered, and that is a pivotal point in our nation where we need some closure. We need something to be able to tell us that a controlled demolition wasn't in place and show me some evidence that it wasn't. Or show me some evidence that the planes actually did bring the buildings down, which we've got the conflicting evidence that Richard has just talked about with the nanothermite and all that stuff. I just want some answers. And the 9-11 Commission answers that we've got, about the hijackers in general. The whole thing is just you know, stinks to high heaven. But who knows? My personal take is we're never going to know who did this and why. But what I want to know is who covered up and who stands to gain from that. And that is going to lead us into the, into the right questions. And that's also going to lead us into some answers as to you know, what has changed? I mean, if you look at how the American public has changed since 9-11, it, it's dramatic. I remember they did a Fox poll last week that said that uh, after 9-11 that 70% of Americans would give up their, their freedom for security. And then after the Boston bombing, they asked people the same question, and it was only 40% would part with their freedom for security. So obviously we're having an effect, and people understand that that liberty is going to be the way to go and that truth is going to be the way to go. But the overlying, the overwhelming issue at hand here is that somebody knew prior to taking 3,000-plus American lives could have stopped it and didn't. You know, they say that oh well, we we George Bush said we could have never we could never have thought of you know uh, anybody flying planes into buildings. That's just crazy. When they were running a simulated drill the exact same day at the exact same time of planes flying into buildings. So I just want some answers, and I think that the American public deserves some answers, especially the people that lost family members and had their lives changed forever on that tragic day on 9/11. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate, you know, Richard coming on on such short notice. I, I met him a couple of weeks ago and, you know, and hounded him to <laughs> get on my show. But um, thank you to Richard Gage and Architects for Engineers and 9-11 Truth. Thank you guys for speaking out, doing what activists around the world should be doing, you know, and, you know questioning the answers and trying to get some questions answered. And that's all we got to say. Everybody, once again, thanks for listening um get a friend, get informed and get involved and let's defend liberty everyone. Your heart-